Hello everyone and welcome. I know it's been a while and this is not going to be a current events episode, although we do severely need to do that. We have quite a mess, as I'm sure you know. My advice for right now in the interim is to pray and make sure that you have some extra food on hand, some extra water, um, just, just like you would any other time, just to be prepared for anything. We don't know what the, the interruptions are going to be uh, because nobody knows really what is going to take place. But the best thing we can do is to pray and be prepared. Usually, when I do not do a current events episode, you will know a few things are occurring. Either we are very, very busy at work and at home, and um, I just haven't gotten to it, or there's been something brought to me that I need to prayerfully consider and study and research and dig into, and so therefore that takes precedence over any of this. It's usually always been that way. If I'm working on a special episode, that is where the focus goes. This is a combination of those two things. Life has been very busy, both work and home. Good, but busy. Uh, so no worries there. However, there has been something that I have been intensely studying with a lot of detail because it's really, really laying heavy on me. I, this is actually the third time that I have attempted to record this, and it's mostly because I just not have not been in a place where I could record it and you not sense the absolute hurt and uh, anger <laughs> And I don't even know that I was, it's more hurt, but there is a great deal of um, just a lot of emotions going on. I feel a whole lot better about it after seeking counsel with a few different people and being able to discuss it and come to, um, I have some peace with how things are going to be handled, that kind of thing. So I feel like you won't sense that in my voice as much as you would have in the other two recordings, or at least that is my goal. I do not want to in the, I don't want to let the hurt that I am feeling discourage anybody else uh, in their walk. That is for sure. My goal here was to understand if I was solid in my biblical standing, my biblical um, thought process, the way I was interpreting things, I wanted to make sure that I was on good footing. And usually when I have to do that and I research things and I might as well, I figure I might as well make an episode about it. So that way down the line, um, it's there for my kids to know how I felt about something and why, not just what I felt, not just how I felt or how passionate I was about something, but this is how I felt and this is why, and this is what several other people think about it as well. It isn't just my opinion of something. It isn't, as I was very boldly told, it is not up to one man's interpretation. And that, that is very true. And so I wanted to make sure that 
my interpretation was backed up and I feel that it is. Hours and hours and hours and hours have went into this study. And when we get through this, I want you to realize, you know, most of what you're going to hear is not because I am so smart. <laughs> it, it is um, uh, a summary of all of my notes from those hours that I spent listening to countless, countless different people on all sides of things. There, there were, I, I'm not just listening to people who agree with me. I'm listening to a rant, I, some of these I've never even heard of. I did a search and um, they have seminars on these things and I listen and I take notes and I reflect on them. I read different versions of verses. You know, you know that we have talked about it. I like the Eng English standard version. I think it's easy to understand. I've been told from actual scholars that have studied the deep sea scrolls and all of those things that the English standard version is the one that is that most closely aligns with the things that they have been able to find. So I do tend to like that version, but I also like to read the King James version and, and several, I flop back and forth between that's what's so good about um, the app for Bible Gateway is you can do that so easily. You, you can pull up what the verse you want to look at and then with one click of a button, you can just see the different translations of it. It is very, very helpful. So I, I suggest that as well. And then, of course, the study Bible. And just so what you're going to hear here is not me being intelligent because that's not the case. I don't pretend to be some kind of scholar. I'm not trained in any way to do that. And I sure as the world do not want you to think that all of these things that you're going to hear is because I am so smart. It's a comp. It's just a summary of all of those hours and all of the notes that I took and all of the things that I wrote down. And of course, I'm going to share some of my thoughts and opinions and experiences and all of those things as we go along. But the majority of this work that we are going to talk about is definitely not, it did not originate in my brain. <laughs> and so I want to make that, I want to make sure that you know that I'm not coming to you as a place of somebody that is, is highly educated in these, um, <laughs> in these ways. It is a, it is a summary of people who are, <laughs> I will leave it at that. I am no different than you. I just aim to be better than I was yesterday and have an understanding of what we need to do. And I want to make sure that I am walking in a way that I, I, I can be proud of, that I, I know that we fail and I know that we all fall short and I know that I have faults and I know that there have been things that I have been wrong about. My toes have been stepped on. I know what that is like. And I know that this is different than that. That is not what occurred here. So in saying that, the study that was brought to my attention is going to be in two separate um, studies in two separate episodes. When it started out, it was going to be, it was, it's one thing, but it is so in-depth and so detailed 
that it has to be split up. There's no way. Uh, it's just too long. It's just too involved. This was a lot of time and work and um, understanding and sometimes not understanding and, and all of that. So I don't want it to be too long and I don't want it to be too confusing. The, what started this was the fact that I am told that I am, we are not to be involved in anything that is going on in earth. That, that what happens here is really not of our concern because we have a king and he is in control and we know where we are going and we need not be worried about it. We need not be involved. We, we need not know anything that is going on. We have no say in anything. And if you don't, you know, basically if you have a, if you have, if you want to be informed and if you want to be involved politically and if you, if you have opinions politically and if you, if you're involved in that in any way, that's not sound and we should not be doing that, that we should be focused on the fact that we have a king and we're fine. And to me, that is just not, I, I just have a really, really big problem with being told that because I know what is going on and I want to try to have Christian values in this country and that, that I want to see more good than evil and and I want to protect life and I want to, you know, help people have a better understand all of those things. Yeah, I know where I'm going and that's a piece that I didn't always have. And so therefore I know what it's like to go through these things and have worry and just be overwhelmed with worry and anxiety and all of those things, my goodness, it's a big burden to bear. And my point is that I want to be able to share that there, it's, there's peace in a few things. There's peace in being well-informed. There's peace in knowing that you know, you're doing your best every day to make sure that, number one, that life is protected, that there's this better peace that I now have that I would like to share with you. I think we were put on this earth for a purpose. We serve a purpose. And I don't think that walking around with your head in the clouds, like there's not a problem in this country that we live in is realistic. That is not realistic. And I don't think that is what we are called to do. You know, this, this individual believes that, you know, whatever, whoever is in charge, they are put there and whatever they say, we have to listen. We have to follow all of their roles, whether we like them or not. And it's really, um, it's just, it is, it's not the way that I believe we are supposed to be. And basically, if you do any of those things, you're damned. And, you know, 
then you're in, and as I was told, you know, it's okay to be wrong. Well, yeah, it is okay to be wrong, but quite frankly, it, that's, it's not up to your interpretation whether I'm wrong either. <laughs> so the end all be all to this was here. This is why you're wrong and there is going to be no further discussion on it. This chapter right here is the end of the story. There is nothing further to discuss. And um, basically an entire just tongue lashing as to why if you go against this specific chapter, you are in the wrong. So the very best thing that we can do, I think, is to start out by reading the chapter that was brought to me as to th that this is what everything stems around that we're going to talk about. So we are going to read Romans 13. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good, but thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, Tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear fair wit false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantingness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Okay, that is the chapter that is brought to me. So therefore, what was basically said is because I do not agree with and I am not quiet about my not agreeing with this current administration and some of the things that I see going on in this country 
and I am not just going away quietly, that I will face damnation, that I am resisting the power of somebody that is put in by God and since he's ordained of God and, 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 and since I'm doing this, then that, that I am wrong. And, um, I got a big problem with that. I have many, many, many problems with that. And, and, you know, I'm told that we should not have been in DC for March for life, that we should not be praying outside of um, praying for mothers who are considering abortions at a Planned Parenthood or any other site like that, that you should not be involved in um, any activities like that. You should just not be involved. And, uh, you know, we just need to come to grips with, you know, those babies are going to be with Jesus and they're better off. And, and it's, you know, we... All we have to do is just um, obey and respect, and our we we have no responsibility in it. As you can tell, that's that is not. I I I don't believe that at all with any being part of me. Um, and I think it's a high, a, a very bad misrepresentation of this chapter. So, as I stated before, let me give you a summary of a lot of the different information that I found. This isn't, it, it isn't because I'm smart, it's because these people are very smart and they, and they can articulate things far better than I can. So, in Romans 13, Paul is speaking, so we take his teachings, and then we also compare that to other teachings. We don't make the mistake of leaving out context in the fact that the Bible does not contradict itself. And I think that's very, very important. I think that we could pretty much find a verse to help us feel good about ourselves if we really wanted to about almost anything. If you just take a little portion of a verse or you don't read the whole chapter, or you don't put it in context of what was going on in that portion of the scripture, and I see that happen a lot. I have probably done that a lot, mistakenly. As I said before, I'm not above saying that I have been wrong about many, many, many things, and my toes have been stepped on. I understand what that feels like, and it is not good to be wrong and to realize that you're wrong and you need to change the way you're doing things, but that's the whole purpose of growing. So it's very important to not leave out context. And in the earlier parts of Romans, Paul tells us that every single human being falls short and is worthy of God's wrath. In Romans 3 through 8, we are... It's, he discusses that we are saved from sin by grace, through faith, and in Christ. And I like this one guy, he had this really good saying, and I, and I like it, that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. I thought that was very good. Paul discusses the certainty of God accomplishing everything he has ordained. This is what they refer to as justification. And justification is how a person is found righteous in God's right 
and being released from the penalty of sins. In Romans 9 through 11 is Israel's history. In Romans 12, Paul starts a discourse on sanctification, which is a whole nother story. And <laughs> But that is basically sanctification is being released from the power of sin. He is letting us know how we should live as Christians in light of the reality that we have been brought into fellowship with God by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And we have been saved, we've been forgiven, and we've been redeemed. And he is answering the question as to how we should be living. And in Romans 13, this is how we should live in light of the reality that we've been brought into the fellowship with God. It's here because it would have been easy to say, hey, you know what? I'm covered by the new covenant. I am free from the law of God. Imagine someone saying, Jesus has set me free. I am free indeed. And if God's law no longer condemns me, then surely no law conceived by a person or a man or a governor or a king has authority over me. Romans 13 was Paul's way of saying, not so fast. He explains to us that our liberty in Christ is not a license to sin. It doesn't mean that we can live without restraint and that along with our freedom in Christ comes certain rights and responsibilities and obligations that we have for living. The purpose of Romans 13 is to show us that God is sovereign over earthly authority and that earthly authority serves a purpose. And because God has ordained civil authorities, we do not have the right to set ourselves above the law. The distinction is coming soon. The important part is that we don't isolate this text from its greater context. Because the important part to remember in this is that we have an obligation to both God and man. God and man. There is not an or there. We have an obligation to both. The one uh, that I listened to, a few of them actually, but one specifically, he brought, he made it very, very easy to understand. Christians basically have a dual citizenship. We are citizens of earth and citizens of heaven. Earth is in the here and now. That this is what this is where we are citizens of earth. We are placed here specifically for me. I'm placed in America <laughs> specifically for somebody else. It might be somewhere else in, in the world. But on earth, my here and now is that I'm a citizen of the United States. And in eternity, in a future time, whenever he sees fit, then my other citizenship will be in heaven, I hope and pray, because that's the goal. So we are dual citizens. I know somebody that was born in America, raised in America, lived here for the majority part of her early life. She married a Canadian. She moved to Canada. They are married. They have a family. She's also a citizen of Canada. She has a citizenship to United States and a citizenship in Canada. She's a dual citizen of both countries. 
it's basically that same situation. We are dual citizens. We have a citizenship here on earth right now and will go to heaven for eternity. We have obligations to both God and man in that order. God is first. We are doing our best here on earth, living like Jesus's government is coming soon. And we want as many people to understand that and join us as possible. This was not Paul saying all government is all good. He is saying that even a bad government is better than no government. He is saying that humans are all evil. We learned that a, a while ago whenever I read some of those other scriptures from uh, Genesis that we are just all and we're just evil and that's just the way it is. And he, we also learned this very all early in Romans as well. We all have evil in us and we need guidance and rules and structure and without some form of structure, the levels of evil that we would see come out, we cannot even comprehend with our current brains. And right now, I think we see a lot of evil that I wish that I couldn't comprehend. But if there was not any structure at all, it would be far worse. We know that even bad governments can bring glory to him and serve a purpose. And as we have seen, God will judge them accordingly, and he will do it sovereignly, and he'll do it in his time. That's not up to me. And how do I think that this bad government that we're seeing right now can bring glory to him and serve a purpose? Well, I will give you an example just for me personally. I pray a whole lot more than I ever have. My prayer life is much improved, <laughs> and I think that is good. I needed to be doing that anyway, and I think that does bring glory to him, and it serves a purpose because it's made me closer to him, and I see many, many, many people doing the same thing. I know that it is not what I would have chosen, but I see good in it as well. We as citizens obey the civil authorities right up to the point where obedience to the civil authorities would mean disobedience to God. I'm going to repeat that. We, as citizens of this earth, obey the civil authorities right up to the point where obedience to them would mean disobedience to God. We play along with rules and laws that are small potatoes, However, neither the government nor any person has the authority to instruct us to do what God has forbidden, nor does anyone have the authority to forbid us from doing what God has instructed. An example of that was when the government was telling the church not to gather due to COVID-19, especially in Canada. And pastors were actually arrested for holding church. We are specifically told to gather. And do not be naive enough to think that what's happening there will not happen here. It is coming. So do not be surprised. 
This is exactly why we have underground churches and places. God instructs us to gather. We need to do that. And sometimes to do that, we are going to have to go against the civil authorities. Inactivity of Christians is a problem and it goes against God. The first century church, including the apostles, including Paul, who wrote this, was persecuted. Some, some were fed to lions because they defied the civil authorities and preached the gospel. Paul is not saying that we are cheerfully submitting to whatever the civil magistrate instructs us to do. Read it with context, not just the text because Paul had more to say. A few points. Christ is the head authority, not Caesar, not the governor, not a king, not the president, not a Supreme Court justice, not Mike DeWine, not whatever the Commissioner Maple is that we have here locally. No. no. These others have a role a specific function designed for them to hold in an effort to keep society functioning correctly, all for the good of society. God gave that to them. They did not get it from themselves, and none of them have the freedom to execute authority that defies God's law. They are to rule within their authority, given to them by God only. If they do not operate within that, basically staying in their lane, then they are defying God, and we cannot defy God, period. So what are some examples of them staying in their lane <laughs> and operating in a normal manner? So staying in their lane, I like that. We had, um, that was used in a hockey uh, thing one time the um, on ice girls or whatever they were were doing something wrong and DJ said stay in your lane and I'll never forget that so I like that staying so examples of them staying in their lane that would include something like a stop sign like speed limits on the road uh, hey whether I like them or not taxes fees I just paid a boatload of fees because it was my birthday and I had to have everything renewed, renewed. It was ridiculous the amount of money that I wrote out to the state of Ohio. But guess what? Those things are examples of them staying in their lane. I'll give another example. In some places, they tell you that you have to keep your grass a certain way. <laughs> I have an uncle that got in trouble because he didn't mow his grass the way they told him to mow the grass. Hey, you live there. They want you to mow the grass. Mowing the grass, if they want it that way, you got to do it. Okay, don't get in trouble over something silly like that. They're staying in their lane. Those are things that even though we might not agree with them completely, yes, I do believe that we need to obey these laws because they are for the greater good of society. These are a part of loving our neighbors and trying to maintain law and order and not have chaos. These types of directives do not ask us to live contrary to God. That's the difference. They're staying in their lane. I argue, me and Andrew have argued over this before, you know, 
whenever first things first happened and they wanted you to wear masks, you know, I'm not going to argue over a mask. If a store has a sign up that says mask required to enter, I'm not going to argue over a mask. I either won't shop there. I'll go shop somewhere else, or I will just wear the mask and go in and do what I need to do and get out. It's just, it is not necessarily that you have to agree with all of these things, but it, how, how, how much do you want to bicker over something, you know, like that? Now, I think having kids wear masks all day long in school, that's a completely different argument. And, and I don't want to get into that, but examples of staying in their lane are just minute things, small potatoes, as I like to say, and examples of being outside of their lane. First and foremost, killing babies. Okay, right in Romans 13, which was basically thrown in the face here to not just me, but to several people. In this Romans 13, in verse 9, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. So, okay, right there, thou shalt not kill. Okay, examples of being outside their lane. They're killing babies and they're killing them at nine months. The baby can be born alive and they want to have a discussion as to whether the baby can live or die. No, no, no. Number two would be supporting criminal activity. And I will give you and a few examples of that bailing out criminals that are responsible for burning down buildings, encouraging violence and drugs. We are dealing with an administration, and let's go back to this, uh, Romans 13. So he he talks about rioting, specifically, all right? This government that we have We had a president and a vice president who were assisting bailing out criminals that were burning down cities. People who committed violence. She specifically went and visited them. So there we go. An example of being outside of their lane and going against God, what God says. Number three is telling a church that they cannot gather or telling somebody that they can't preach the word of God. The government is to stop evil. And if they're not doing that, then we have to go against it. When they go outside of their lane, exceeding the limits of their authority, they have become tyrants. And this brings about chaos, which is what we are seeing look no further than to our border up north. Don't think it can't come here. But we have to submit to God first, and we cannot comply. Our priority is being in alignment with God, not them. Or at least that's my priority. If a man does not like the way I think or what I do or they they have a problem with all of the the stuff that I do 
I don't really, it's not my problem that you don't agree with me, that you think differently than me. I don't answer to any human. I answer to God and I am pretty sure that's who I want to be pleasing. The first few verses standing alone of Romans 13 is not the proper way to interpret this passage. And if that's what you're doing, you are not understanding the context correctly, especially when other scriptures say differently. As all of these people agreed, scripture does not contradict itself. And some examples, and I'll try to get through them quickly. There's quite a few examples. Pharaoh, he commanded the Hebrew midwives to kill sons of Hebrew wives. Does God condone the murder of a child? No. No, he does not. Pharaoh was outside of his lane and he was exceeding the authority God granted to his office. The Hebrew midwives defied this order in Exodus 1.17. It says that they feared God and did not do as Pharaoh demanded. And God approved and rewarded them as we see in Exodus 1.20. He rewarded them and he was good to them. Harlot defied orders from her civil, civil magistrate that saved the lives of the Hebrew spies. Did God punish her for going against her civil magistrate? No. In Hebrews 7, it says she is an example of a faithful servant. Okay, Peter was brought before council in Jerusalem because he continued to preach. In Acts 5, Peter answered, we must obey God rather than man. Another example, Daniel was one of three commissioners. The king had planned to give him the power. The others were jealous and set him up by pressuring the king to make a law that it was illegal to pray to anyone but the king, knowing that Daniel prayed to God and he would not break the law. That is in Daniel 6. Daniel defied, worshipped God just as he normally would, and he even kept his windows open. He wasn't, he didn't, he knew he would be caught. He didn't hide it. Did God honor him? Yes, absolutely he did. Why? The civil authority, the king in this situation, was outside of his lane and he order, his orders conflicted with God and therefore did not apply to Daniel. King Darius did not have that authority, nor does the president, nor does the vice president, nor does the governor, nor does the commissioner or any other man. Another example, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3. They disobeyed Nebuchadnezzar and they did not go against God. What happened? They were thrown into the fiery furnace and they were protected. Romans 13 does not apply in these circumstances. It does not tell us to just roll over and do everything the governing authorities tells us to do. We are called to action if a human governing authority, A, if they're doing things outside of what God instructs, B, if they instruct us to do what God forbids, and see if they forbid us from doing what God instructs us to do. So A, B, and C equals tyranny. 
And at that point, we have a moral obligation to stand up for biblical truth and defy the civil authority. Romans 13 is clearly talking about a government that is operating properly, not being anything to fear unless you're doing evil or wrong, and God's standard of good versus evil, right and wrong, not human standard. How many times have I said that? These people want you to think that good is bad and bad is good and up is down and down is up. And I tell you all the time, no, remember, you are not going crazy. (laughs) What you think is good is good is good. Evil is evil. You know, kindness is kindness. Uh, Up is up and down is in fact down. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. A civil authority staying in their lane will not veer from the authority God ordained them to have. Today, we are seeing bad people glorified and good people made to suffer. And that is not of God. God says that evildoers are to be punished. The civil authorities are not free to make up their own roles, especially not when they are in opposition to what God has instructed, and they are never entitled to require their constituents to do what is evil or turn our heads and let evil occur either by themselves or the policies they create. No earthly authority has the right to do that period. They are to govern to the good of its people. An example was the lawlessness of 2020 when the riots were occurring. And I told you, our own vice president, there's buildings burning. Our own vice president was bailing rioters out. Meanwhile, at the same time, they were placing limits on churches for gathering. So the doers of good were being restricted. They were protecting those who were doing evil and restricting those who were doing good. And that is the opposite of what God instructs. And it goes against God. Romans 13 is for governing within God's law. Verse 7 says, render to all what is due to them. All includes God. And he is always to be first. We are obligated to him. We have a moral obligation to do good and speak out what are just a few of the things that God has instructed us as a church to do to gather and have fellowship and pray sing songs and worship him give an offering proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection that's why we do communion we're instructed to baptize new believers to teach and preach his word We don't just go on our own whims. Those are things we're instructed to do. So all authority on heaven and earth comes from him. No earthly authority can instruct us to go against what scripture specifically instructs us to do. And if they instruct us to go against our specific instructions we received from him in scripture... Interpreting Romans 13 without context would lead us astray. Paul isn't saying, write them a blank check and go along. A 
at that point, they're in defiance of God and we cannot be in, we have an obligation to God. We have an obligation to our fellow man, especially when they are faced with tyranny. That is exactly why the underground church exists. If they were not faithful and willing to go against their governments, how many souls would be lost? If they're going against biblical truths, against God's authority, protecting evildoers, harming doers of good, we have an obligation to stand up for what is right, even if it isn't popular, and even if we have to go underground to do it. We are to live quiet, peaceful lives. And yes, we want to be at peace with the civil authorities. We desire to. I sure as the world desire to. But we are not to act as though the civil authorities have more authority than God. We try the best we can. Just as happened to Peter and the apostles, there comes a time, though, where we must say we must obey God rather than man. Paul saw a need to encourage us to try to change people from the inside out. He wanted Caesar to be saved. And I pray for our leader. I, want, I, I know that God can touch him in a way that nobody else can and the people around him and all of those things. I pray for him every night. We are better off if God works in his life the way we hope that he works in ours. The emperor to come to Christ. He, he prayed for Caesar, the emperor, to come to Christ, but he really wanted the people to know Jesus, and he believed that's where real change and transformation would come from. So he is saying, pay your taxes, follow the rules, laws, even if you don't like it, and even if you didn't vote for it, up and until those rules and laws go against biblical truth. In verses 8 through 9, he gave the commandments. Those are what we are to obey, and that comes first. Our salvation is threefold, and I this uh, again not my not my brain came up with this, but I loved it, and I have to share. Our salvation is threefold. There's a past, there's a present, and there's a future. That's why we say I am saved, because I had a past. I will have we have a past which was yesterday and I'm in a better place today than I was yesterday that's why I've deleted two recordings we have a present I am being saved we still have bodies of sin and he is growing us he grew me from where I was yesterday I assure you the tone of my voice is much better today than it was yesterday and we have a future I will be saved and he will return for you and me there is this government thing, yes, but I am a citizen of a kingdom that is coming that will never end, and that citizenship takes precedence. We cannot support things that go against heaven. We also cannot be silent about things that go against heaven. James four seventeen, To him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Also, the talented man that did nothing was referred to as being wicked. 
The man was labeled as a wicked man because he did nothing. The word wicked is not used often in the Bible, but it was used here. There is wickedness in doing nothing. There is costliness of doing nothing. And there is foolishness in doing nothing. It is wicked not to care. It is wicked not to work. It is wicked not to pray. It is wicked not to give. It is wicked not to witness. I don't want to be seen as wicked. (laughs) If I'm seen as doing wicked because I knew there was wrongdoing occurring and I did nothing and I just remained silent because I know where I'm going. I'm not worried about it. I have a king. I don't care what anybody else. No, we're not called to do that. We're not called to be that way. Paul emphasized that there should be a distinct difference between us and the non-believer. We should live in a way that is not like everyone else, giving honor and glory to him in silence when there is evil doing and chaos is not that. The church exists for the purpose of making disciples. We gather weekly to pray, to sing, to worship, to teach, and we do that because Christ is the head of the church. Not Caesar, not Biden, not Trump, not DeWine, not Jim Justice. Christ is. And that is what he commands of us. We need grace, wisdom, courage, and sovereign protection to love him that way regardless of what we face as we give to God what is God. And then, then and only then, to Caesar what is Caesar's. That completes the study on Romans 13 specifically. The next episode will go more into detail about the policy end of things and politics and why policies are important because people are important and you get policy through politics and this one specifically tackles that verse not verse that chapter and we will get further into it I hope that this has helped you I hope that because I grew from even just yesterday (laughs) that it is not a it, it is it's just helpful for all of us to just be able to have a better understanding of what we are going through, a better understanding of his teachings, and so that we can know that when something is being taken out of context, that we can have a better understanding of it all. And hopefully that is what we have. We have, we have a bright, bright future. And the purpose is that we want everybody to have that future with us, to have that peace, to have that understanding, uh, and, and we want to share that. That is the important thing. We want to share. Hopefully, everybody is having a good week. I will talk to you very soon.